Oh, you switched to OneDrive, huh? Just couldn't handle Google anymore? I'm always on OneDrive. Dude, how many podcasts do you have? You know everything was in that drive you shared with me. I could see everything. It everything was, like, was in, the, oh, in the podcast drive? Yeah. There was like a arcade podcast in there, like a history of Long John Silver's podcast that was in there. Oh, yeah, that's my Long John Silver podcast. <laughs> What's I it call called? It, uh, I call it the Hush Puppies cast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the and hush podcasties, the hush pie. That's what that's what our fans are called. The oh, hush right, <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. We basically discuss the history of Long John Silver. Yeah, I liked the and uh, beer battered cod. Yeah, and yeah. then you had that. It was like called the tartar sauce something. Tartar, uh, tartar sauce time. Tartar time yeah, is what. It was tartar it was. time with Scott. I don't know why that podcast was not bigger. I meant to just share one file with you. Oh, you shared the whole thing. A lot of fan fiction in there. That, that's my personal fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, it was it's not for it you. Was, it was it's not for you to read. Well, my personal fan fiction. It was actually fan fiction you wrote about Scott Storm, who you are. <laughs> I was gonna say no. It was my fan fiction about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't take a look at my Star Wars specific podcast that I call the Blue Milk Buzz. No, I didn't. That's a good name, right? Blue Milk. I don't know if you can say Buzz. The Blue Milk Buzz. It's sort of like a news podcast. What's going on in Star Wars? Oh, like Wars? the Buzz. Blue, yeah, the Buzz. What's the Buzz? Not like Blue you're getting buzz. buzzed off Blue Milk. This could, you get bu- could you get it's non-alcoholic? It's not I think alcoholic. you ferment it. I think you can get alcohol in your Blue Milk. You put it in a moisture evaporator, hook a distiller up to that thing, run it through a few times. You know what's up with Uncle Alan. There's only two types of businesses on Tat- Tatooine. <laughs> right. We know that. Moisture and moonshine. <laughs> yep. Moisture and moonshine. <laughs> two moonshine. Yep. There we go. Two moonshine. We're done. We're done. We're done with Bob Sleds and Shut Bantos. it down. We're now going into the craft, uh, craft the, the alcohol, Star Wars galaxy, business. The Star, the Star Wars Because Two Moonshine alcohol. is too good a name for us to do this podcast anymore. We must go into the distilling business. Well, it's been great, everybody. It's been fantastic. Thanks for listening. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. It's time to throw down, y'all. Have you thought about a visit to Disneyland during your vacation? You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Join the happy people of all ages. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. The happiest country on earth. Hey everybody, welcome to Bobsleds and Banthas, a podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things the Disney company owns that we love. On this episode, we're talking about Downtown Disney expands into Disney's California Adventure. Disney hotels open for guests and then immediately close. I think we have a shocking revelation about WandaVision. A new Mickey Mouse series is on the horizon. And in our main segment, we continue Mandovember by talking about the first of the modern Disney classic attractions, Star Tours. My name is Scott Storm, and with me as always, my brother on the mic, the Newt Gunray to my C.O. Bibble, Aaron, Absolute Humidity Robbins. I know who Newt Gunray is. I don't know who C.O. Bibble is. Is that his cohort? Is that the guy right next to him? C.O. Bibble is the uh, is the guy, he's on Naboo, yeah. and he's the one who says, A communications disruption can only mean one thing. Oh, invasion. invasion. Yeah, that's who you that's are. That's C.O. Bibble. He's all worried. It's he's always fine. worried. Yeah. Do you feel like the people that uh, the people that name Star Wars characters like dropped out of naming drug school? Like they're pharma, they're like pharmacology naming dropouts. Well, I would say yes, except I know who named Co Bibble. Oh, really? And that was eleven-year-old Katie Lucas, George Lucas's daughter. Okay, yeah, and she never went to pharmacology naming school, so that just—I mean, not at eleven. Yeah, no, she, 11. She, she might have. Since not that then. she may have right. since then. Yeah, uh, but just yes, feels like it's a—it's a skill where you hear a Star Wars name and you go, "Yeah, that's a Star Wars name." I don't care if I like it or don't like it; it makes it sense, feels, and it's weird, but it makes sense. Just. But let's be honest here. Okay. Newt Gunray, yeah. C.O. Bibble, 
Yeah. I feel like that's like really scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to Star Wars names. I agree with you on Steel Bibble. You have like Han Solo, yeah. Lando Calrissian, uh-huh. Seal Bibble. Where does that fall? Toxmots. Toxmots. That's my Star Wars name. Yeah. I like Newt Gunnery. I, I think it's an okay name. Even though Ray Gun is the obvious uh, reverse of his last name? Yeah. I like it because this is a Star Wars thing. The, the name sounds familiar, yeah, but still right. foreign. Yeah. And that's I feel like that's a skill. And maybe they didn't knock it out in the park with that. Hey, uh, welcome everybody to episode 34 of the podcast. Woo! Episode 34! <laughs> Yeah, man, November. <laughs> Thank you. This is for a second way. there. I thought I was podcasting by myself. No, you're not. I'm trying uh, to keep up with you. I'm it is very exciting. Notes. Oh, you're looking at our notes finally. Trying to. Fantastic. Yay. Hey, uh, so last week on the show. Yeah. Last week on the show, uh, we we surprised you. Yes. Uh, we the royal we all the Bantha tears. We yeah. all got together. We, we got had together. a big meeting. We decided huddled together, and we decided to give you a lightsaber, oh, which yeah. came to you from Rebel Sabers. Yeah. And I'm curious to know, you've had a week with your Rebel Saber. Yeah. What are your thoughts, man? Uh, I really like it. That's yeah. my first thought. Okay. It feels good. I, I took it I took it home and you know, you do that thing that you don't want to do when you're when you're a dad and yep. you're an adult where you're like, hey, I got this thing. It's cool. Like, I like it, but I'm not super into toys. So I'm, I'm, it's cool, you guys. And they're like, oh, can we touch it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that you could it's touch it. Dead. So you do that thing where you don't want to be that guy where you're like, no, it's my lightsaber. Right. So yes, yes, you can play with it. But then you're kind of like, are, are you done yet? Can you, can you give it right, back? Yes, can you, yes. Give it here. Just give, no, 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 no. This is how you play with it. Yeah. Right. Play with it by looking at it and admiring it. Yes. Not And being very careful with it. Yes. Like, yeah, Penelope wanted to fight. I mean, we actually did fight in the in the kitchen. You? Yeah, she grabbed her black uh, her black series oh, awesome. lightsaber, and I, I took on my rebel saber. Did you smash the LED inside that black series? We were like a little careful. It was yeah, more good. tappy. But then this was so this was one of my proud moments as, as a parent. Uh, we started fighting lightsaber to lightsaber, yeah. and I I touched her I touched her arm I touched uh-huh. her arm with the tip of the blade. No prompting for me, nothing at all. She goes one hand and puts her arm behind yeah, the back. I was right. like, that's my kid. She knew exactly. <laughs> yeah, she knew exactly. Oh, well, that arm's out. That's of, LARP I, rules, Dad. That's Live action role playing game rules. Yeah, that's how it's done. I'm and like, all right, we're going for the legs. Did you cry a little bit? Yeah, You're just I was like, very proud of her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that she did that. I don't know where she got that from. Probably a cartoon, but I was very proud. It, Love the saber. I, I hang it behind me now when I'm on my Zoom calls. Nice. It's right behind me. I'm waiting to discover who my best friend is who notices, like, hey, is that a lightsaber? And then I'm like, we're best friends. Here's my question. Hasn't happened. In yet. the middle of a business call, yeah. if somebody was to call that out, would you ignite it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's you right can't answer. not. You're like, hold on a second. We're on a five minute break. I'm going to take you through some of the features of this Rebel Saber. <laughs> let me show you this. Let yeah. me uh, let me display the Stable. sound fonts. Unstable. To you. Yeah, love right. it. I'm, I love it. It's great. I'm happy to hear that. I'm yeah. happy to hear that. Uh, Mandovember. We are in a second week of Mandovember, and we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of things coming up on the show. Oh boy. Next week is our Life Day discussion. I don't know if you were aware yeah. of this. I, I found think out. you are. Yeah, I found out uh, Saturday, nine thirty in the morning. There you go. <laughs> You're brought on a phone call with the uh, the the friends from We Like Theme Parks. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you were in the middle of a of some sort of. Uh, I think you were on a mountain somewhere. In, yeah, it was on an adventure excursion, and you're yeah. like, "Hop on right now!" No, uh, no, you can't say no. And I was like, "Man, this guy is super demanding." I'm literally like, "You're like, I'm really in, in the adventure. middle of nowhere." And yeah. I said, "Yeah, I know." I think but your we exact words were not we, my problem. <laughs> I think I did say not my problem. I also said we got a conference call in 15 minutes. Yeah. And you said, no, I'm like, I'm in the, I'm in the, I think you were in the Santa Cruz mountains. Right? I was. Yep. You're like, I'm in the Santa Cruz mountains. And I believe my response was, I'm sure there's a cell tower yeah. close to you. 
Yeah, and so then I get, I don't know what this call's about. I get on the call, and the first thing I see is Chris from We Like Theme Parks. Yeah. I don't really know who that is at this exact moment. Yeah. All I think is, oh my gosh, Scott hired somebody to show that he has better hair than me or whatever. Like, he hired a hair model yeah. to let me know I'm not keeping <laughs> keeping up with the uh, podcast game. Chris Bond has, is he is follically blessed. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Such a nice guy, too. I really enjoy talking to him. You ran into some technical problems and we chatted for a bit. Oh, good. Not about you, but just about stuff. Oh, I'll find out Great what guy. you actually said. Yeah. I'll find out. Super excited to be podcasting with We Like Theme Parks on Life Day. Life Day. So, Life Day is November 17th. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of when Star Wars fans celebrate Life Day. I believe Disney Plus is going to be releasing the Lego holiday special the lego star wars holiday special on that day yeah so we're gonna be talking about what life day is what it looks like uh where it came from where we can see it in the parks then uh, that's gonna be a two-parter episode so we're gonna have part one on our uh podcast and part two on we like theme parks or the other way Something around yeah. I what but I it'll be a two-parter that you can listen to on two different podcasts and then awesome. we're gonna be hitting the christmas season and it's gonna be awesome yeah but before we get into all yeah. that we need to yodel in that news is it news time well what do you think? Oh, sure as heck isn't cookie time. Oh, they're sitting here ta- uh, taunting me. Do you want a cookie? They're taunting. No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait they're for cookie time. They're taunting you? They're taunting me. That's the name of our co- Star Wars themed cookie store. I'm going to tell you straight up. Uh, my oldest is uh, uh, disappointed that we have not found a cookie co-sponsor for the show yet, and she would really like you to get on that. She wants you to find oh, a co-packer, a, co- a co-baker, somebody that can make a... We don't know yet. I, I need your opinion. Just yeah. a bobsled and bantha logo cookie. Or mm. a bobsled cookie that is just like a sugar cookie that's decorated like a bobsled, looks yeah, really I'm tight listening. with the royal icing. Yep. And then a bantha cookie, which we were thinking is just like an everything cookie, like more of like a granola, like a real ruffian chocolate nut everything kind of like fodder, like a fodder cookie. Why not all three? Yeah. Why yeah, not I mean, all three? Well, we need, if, you're, if you're a baker out there, you know a baker, you need to get in touch with Scott Storm. I've got an idea for the bantha cookie. Okay. What if you did like a, uh, a, a toasted or shaved coconut, a mm-hmm. toasted coconut mm-hmm. cookie- yeah. That sort of looks like bantha yeah, hair. Yeah, it's, it's chunky and, yeah, and, chunky. and, and furry li- looking. And maybe you've got, uh, you know, maybe for the the horns or something like that, yeah. you put in, uh, I don't know, maybe nuts or a, a, a mallow of some uh, sort. Yeah, or a bugle, a bugle chip. A bugle chip. <laughs> the go. first toasted coconut bugle cookie. Yeah. Fantastic. It hasn't been done before. We yeah. If listen, if there are any bakers out there, yeah, good. That she's make, being serious, so I need you to be serious. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do my producing right now. If anybody, if we have any bakers that are listening and they want to create the first bobsleds and banthas cookie, yeah, whether that is a bobsled cookie, a banthas cookie, or ba- or a good old bab cookie, mm-hmm. uh, you should let hit us up and let us know. Yeah. We do need to get a cookie sponsor in this. Right. Show. We eat so many cookies on this episode. It would be a shame to not be able to plug. A bakery that we work with. Absolutely. Let's yeah. get on that. Okay. In the meantime, let's yodel in that news. Yeah. It's time for news. Oh. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Great. All right. All right. The news. Hey, so uh, Disneyland. Yay, I've heard of it. Is opening. Yay, sort oh, of. Oh wait, what? Let's let's wait, let's back me up. Break, here. break back it, it down. Back Everybody, it take a deep breath. All ready to buy a ticket. Yeah, what I know. Everybody, get back. Get off the internet. Okay, okay? just to, just hold that. Hold off for a What's second. What's going on with the park? Uh, Disneyland is opening Buena Vista Street. Okay, that's in Disneyland's California, California Adventure. Adventure. Disneyland right. Resort is kind of opening. And by that, we mean Disney's California Ventures opening Buena Vista Street for shopping and restaurant fun. Correct. Okay. And that's that's happening next week. 
So those people that have been visiting downtown Disney. What is the well, rationale there? Just more stores and more to eat? I think so. I like think maybe, teasing you? Like you are so close to Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Can't go on it. Can't go on it. super close. It's really Look close. Look to the left. Look you to the left. Prob- you can probably hear Avengers Campus right now. Yep, yep. Can't see it. Can't I, go on it. I don't know. What do, what do you think is the... I mean, I, I assume it's just getting... I, I assume there are going to be greater crowds at uh, downtown Disney as we get closer to Christmas. Yeah. And so I think being able to... Uh, thin those crowds out with great with uh, larger real estate. Yeah, no charge, right? To go no in, no charge. No, yeah, it it is effectively sort of like annexing downtown Disney into to do some California shopping. Adventure, and so there's restaurants and the and the the shopping. What is that, Elias? Elias? Mm-hmm. Elias and Co. Uh, Elias and Co. is, is going to be there's a Starbucks right there. Yep. The the Pig and the Fiddler. Yep, or whatever it's called. Uh, I hope it's kind of like uh, as a parent when you uh, let your kids play in the water at the beach where you're like, just get your toes, please. We didn't bring a change of clothes. Don't don't go all the way in. Just go to your toes. And, and then, then you turn around. <laughs> you turn around and it's all it. So I hope that's the, what the experience is like. You can go in Buena Vista Street. Please don't go any further. And then in a couple we of weeks. We won't say we're, anything. We're, we're, we see you on the Incredicoaster. Yeah, we're all on the Incredicoaster. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's the way. I was shopping. Now I'm on a ride. <laughs> it's all right. Well, I, did. I, I thought this was a store. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was a store. The SF Gate reported that Disney's Grand Californian Hotel was going to be reopening in December. Mm-hmm. But the catch was that only people who were Disney Vacation Club members could actually book a room. So they were opening it up, but they were only opening up right. for the select group of people. Right. Seems fair. Now, this is where the confusion gets it comes to, comes to me. Uh-huh. Okay. The, they say the pools and the restaurants are going to be open in Grand Californian, okay. only for Vacation Club members. And this story was reported... On November 10th, mm-hmm. for our purposes, that would be a couple of days ago. Yeah. At 10.33 a.m. Now, here's the where it gets weird. Okay. Deadline reports on the same day at 2.17 p.m. that the Disneyland hotels are no longer taking reservations as California's coronavirus shutdown deepens yeah is what the report is what the headline says yeah it could be a one of two things really unfortunate timing on that first article yep. they were like hey this is what we think and then stuff changed or was already changing and they just missed it before they let that article yep. go or they're talking about two different things they meant generally speaking the disneyland hotel's not open still that whole vacation club thing is still happening and that's what I, that's what i couldn't figure out yeah i mean i guess that would make sense if they're like it's not it's open but it's not open for you you have to be a <laughs> vacation club member if you want to experience this i like how everything now in our lives is uh when you go to a, a restaurant and you go to a Starbucks, for example. You go to a coffee place and you say, I want this drink. And they go, oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, we don't have any of the milk, though. Is that fine? And you're like, I mean, not really. They're like, we actually we don't have coffee or ice or cups. I can give you a cozy. This Starbucks is also closed. <laughs> yeah. I can give you a cozy to put on your wrist. Is that you're okay? Like, I guess. Sure. And they're like, yeah, we just ran out of cozies. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. We should have them next That'll week. That'll be 417. <laughs> oh, I still um, pay? Oh, yeah. I don't feel like I got anything. Well, you know, you, you the, ordered. You got the experience of ordering. <laughs> right. That's what it is like. Things You can go into DCA. You can't really, you know, we can't really even use the registers. You know, it's more like window shopping. You can walk down yeah. Buena Vista Street. Kind of. We Somebody walks for you and then they come back and they'd be like, it's They'll cool. report what it is. Yeah, they report you what it is. You stay here. Yep. We actually have a walker. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know what that news story means about the hotels, whether or not. It, I don't know. Why would you want to go stay in a hotel right I, now? I just don't to swim understand in the pool? that. I, I guess so. Maybe to get the shopping. I, I don't know. Maybe people are just so desirous of getting out yeah, and feeling maybe. like they have some sort of vacation that they're going to... Use their vacation club points to go stay right, at yeah, California, seems, seems Grand odd. Californian. Like yeah. when the parks aren't open, I I don't 
I, I really, I'm not understanding. Do that long walk in a towel over to the monorail pool across the uh, overpass there? No, because the Disneyland Resort's not going to be open. Oh, it's just the Grand California. It's just the Grand California. That's even more weird. Yeah. Unless there's like five people staying there and it's all hardwood floors in there and they're like, it sucks only everybody. It's slide. Like it's a slide it's off. Slidomania. It's slidomania. Then I'm somewhat interested. Would you book a hotel for that? For Slidomania? For Slidomania? Where it's just all it's socks? A, it's an inaugural Slidomania. Why yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> Would you not want to be there? They have shirts that they're are shaped like pins. socks. Yeah, it has no gonna... arms. They probably have a, 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 a sock-themed churro that you can buy. Yeah. yeah. Slidomania. I love it. Why aren't we doing more branding for Disney? I know. You guys, you have great hardwood floors, and they have that little conference wing that you used to be able to, if you stayed... Uh, at a hotel that's off Catella, you'd be able to cut through yeah. the Grand California. I think they kind of don't want you to do that anymore. Yeah. But you used to be able to cut through there, and they have that long wood hallway that you could just go sock nuts on it. What do they? Uh, I was going to just go sock nuts. <laughs> sock nuts. Or potato. Also, you yeah. go potato sack nuts, too. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, they just give you a potato sack, and you just run straight yeah. down, slide all the way across it. Yep. I feel like that's enough. Socks charge. aren't anywhere near your mouth. They're pretty COVID safe. Let's yeah. get on this, Disney. Slidomania Let's 2020. Do it. Slidomania 2020. Yep. I mean, there's not much 2020 left, but... It's not that big of an event. What else you got in the old news, Hopper? Uh, Let's see. So after that very confusing news, mm-hmm. why don't we go to good news? Oh, I like good news. Uh, Disney Plus released a trailer this week of a new Mickey Mouse series that they're going to yes. be debuting. Yep. What was it called? Refresh my memory. It's called The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. Yes. And it uses... It's an all-new series of shorts. Yep. It uses the current animation, so mm-hmm. the animation that you would see in Runaway Railway, Mickey yep. Minnie's Runaway Railway, or the five seasons of uh, of the Mickey shorts that they yeah. did. I think that was front done for the Disney Channel, right? I think maybe originally. It, kind yeah, originally. Of, it made its way online so quick. So Love it, it. Love all that stuff. It's showing up uh, next week, November yeah. 19th, I believe the same day that Buena Vista Street opens up. I like it a lot, and I love... Uh, I don't know. There was just something about um, the time of our the time of cartoon media where the you watched the the little you know Mickey Mouse thing and it started with the little red and yep. yellow little thing with the person's and you're like oh I'm gonna get a Mickey Mouse one or I'm gonna get a Goofy one yeah, or yeah. a Porky the Pig one or yep. a, what you know whatever. It'd be weird was. if you got a Porky the Pig one in a Disney. <laughs> it would be unless you yeah. were watching uh, uh, Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know. I like that. I like I, I like too. low commitment. Now that Quibby Quibbit Quibbit has failed. Quibbit has failed. Uh, I like a little short. Just a little short. There's just a little bit of mickey mouse mickey mouse makes everybody feel better yeah. more mickey is a good thing yeah as long as it's not like the mickey mouse clubhouse cgi animation mm-hmm. i'm completely in favor not that i didn't like mickey mouse yeah. clubhouse for toddlers i think it's wonderful oh yeah I'm saying the animation of it leave something to be desired we've been inside and it's, it's neat. come inside it's fun inside it's fun inside yeah. i don't know if you've ever been inside there but it's, it's, it's fun. fun inside yeah. you should come inside it's fun inside yeah do we need a reason to go inside i can give you one it's fun it's the only one you need. It's the only one you need. <laughs> hey, uh, so Entertainment Weekly did a feature on WandaVision. Yeah. And they released some information about what the first episode of WandaVision is like. Have yeah. you heard about any of No, this? I haven't. So the first episode, so WandaVision is, you know, again, a Disney Plus exclusive. Yeah. Uh, you can see the trailer for what the first season is going to look like. Yeah. It's very, we talked about it before. It's totally. very weird. Very nope. surreal. It's what you'll be watching when you realize I'm right about the Mandalorian. Or when you're done with the Mandalorian. Oh, or that. Either yeah. or. Either, either, either or. or, yeah. Uh, but but for the first episode, the premiere episode of WandaVision, which I don't know when that's getting released. Again, I'm assuming it's being released as soon as Mandalorian is over with. But that first episode was shot in black and white and in front of a live studio audience. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. To <laughs> capture like the Dick Van yeah. Dyke nature of yeah. that. 
I, that's amazing. I think it's great. The, how, how were we not there? How did you not get us booked to be part I, of that live I'm studio sorry. Audience? I didn't know. I, I, thought, I didn't oh. know that they were going to be filming it that way. You want me to double down on this even more? Yeah. Uh, th- the crew members dressed in 1950s era clothing and used classic television like uh, special effects yeah. from sitcoms of that era, from like the Bewitched and the Dick Van Dyke uh, and the I Dream of Jeannie era yeah. in order to have it feel like a sitcom that was filmed during that time as opposed to using like CGI effects. I don't know. I don't know if this means, I, I think it does mean something to you, but I, I, I hear that stuff where yeah. the the theme, the motif, the genre of something then starts to go outside and affect everything. It becomes a themed watching experience, yeah. everything. I love that. I like, I'm so that. jazzed by, by, by everything that you just said. I don't know why that makes me so excited, but I'm like, I'm glad somebody's, I'm glad that there was a meeting somewhere in the last year where somebody was like, hey, what if when people come watch the thing, we theme it like that period of 50s yeah, exactly. and 60 stuff and we that idea didn't pop get pop guns and yeah. crockett hats and that and... idea doesn't get shot down people go like yeah it's a great idea i love that there's a meeting room somewhere where people where that idea is rewarded right and carried through and it, and apparently it is oh that's so awesome uh, so i i'm again I'm so this, excited for wandavision this mo- this tv series could not feel more surreal to me right yeah. now but i am so excited to see like what is this whole thing about i have yeah. no idea all i know is that they're like you said like they're taking really off the wall ideas, and they're saying like, "Let's give it a shot. Yeah, Why let's not go all the way with it? Get ready for the Bob Suds and Bantha Wanda moment." It's when we talk about Wandavision. Oh, okay, sure. gotcha. Yep, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm back on board. I turned that Nielsen Dishing the Wandavision needle into Dishing the on version. Wandavision. I'll keep working on it. It's Wand- my segment. Wandadition. Wandadition. Dishin. Yeah, that's better. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not 100 on that. Okay, we'll keep working. We'll on workshop it. it. Yeah, we'll great. workshop. We'll come back. Uh, do we want to talk about Disneyland improving a ton of attractions? I while saw this is news closed? article only if you have factual advice because I got all excited about this news article because it headlined with Haunted Mansion and Splash Mountain something. Yeah, it, it, right. Headline. So I was like, "Ooh, big click, big clicky on that." Bing, and then it's like, uh, "Here's a list. Of here's things a list of things that, that might doing. have been updated. Can't tell you what they were. I what the updates. Were. I will admit to you, maybe there was more information about it. It was yeah. behind a paywall. Oh, okay. I did not pay to Engage get behind that. that paywall. Right. Uh, I assume that we'll get more information as this comes out. But there was a list. Uh, the Orange County Register ran a list of like 20 different attractions. Yeah, it was a lot. That Disney is apparently working on. They're saying refurbishments. They're saying improvements. This is what I was hoping. I was hoping that, you know. You were the, hoping I would give you more information than I have. I right was now. hoping that while we were closed for COVID, they were like. Oh, yes. There was hope that we know we're going to reopen. And when we reopen, we're going to give them uh, a Disneyland that we could have never given them because the refurbishment would have been too right. aggressive. But now we have this window that we can do all sorts of stuff. It will be amazing. So I'm going to give you the list. Awesome. I'm going to get a rapid fire response from you on what should be improved, refurbished, fixed. Wow. What a great segment. Okay. It is a great segment. Yeah. Are you ready? Bing, da, ding, dong, do you want me dong. to take out the things like Avengers Campus and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway are both at the top of this list. I don't think we should count those. Open them. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I think what yeah. we should do is we should open them. Keep working on them. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Ding, ding, ding. Haunted Mansion. No, nobody likes my answer to that. Uh, seance room. Improve it? Yeah, improve Fix it. Fix it? Yep, improve it. I've been saying this for years. I get I, I get a ton of feedback and how I'm wrong with it. Uh, but the seance room, I feel like you could do some more stuff in there. You could do some different effects on the back wall. The back wall is just black. Oh, like, like a projection mapping? Yeah, something like let's, that? Spruce up that, let's spruce up that seance room. Maybe it's not a seance anymore. Maybe something else is going on in there. I, I'm down with that. I've no, pitched I, some ideas and people have been very oh, upset. You can't, well, you can't get rid of uh, Madame Leota. You can't do I, that. I, I know. I'm I'm 100% on board with you with projection mapping, but you don't touch the seance room and change it. Okay. Snow White Scary Adventures. 
Yeah, clean it. Just fresh coat of paint. Yeah, fresh coat of paint. Okay, yeah. that's that's fair. Yeah, fresh coat of paint. King Arthur's carousel. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do something with that cue. Well, the cue is anxiety driven. Let's figure that out. Yeah, just because of all the switchbacks. Uh, King Arthur's carousel is a holding pin style cue. So oh, that's it is right. a. Yes. Uh, we know you think you're going to get on this ride. We're pretty sure you are because we're accurate with counting. Go. Uh, same with uh, what like if they Ast- did a virtual queue for King Arthur's yeah. carousel? Yeah, let's work on the queue for King Arthur's carousel. I don't like anxiety before I ride a carousel. I'm there to relax. Indiana Jones Adventure. Uh, you know the what? Blow I say? dart. The blow dart scene. The oh, air. Yeah. yeah, those are my, sp- my specific ideas to tune up that blow dart. I was going to say bring the avalanche back. Bring the crumbling uh, the crumbling rocks back. That, yeah. that special effect that hasn't been working for years. Mickey's house. Yeah, let's gonna we're gonna go ahead and do a complete remodel on the inside of Mickey's house. I say have, gut the whole thing. Yeah, I say gut the yeah. whole thing. I love it. I love the idea. It's it is a it's, it's a COVID nightmare. It's kind yes. of a germ nightmare. Just yeah, just no in matter general. what. Yeah, people get very confused in there as to if they're supposed to walk through it, if they're supposed to have a family picnic inside of it, yeah. uh, how hang long? out, take a nap oh, on the yeah, couch, on the yeah. bed. Yeah. Uh, so I love what they were trying to do there. Uh, the meet greet at the end does not feel necessary to me. I, w- I would rather walk more through the garden and more through scenes that have happened. You know, what's I'd interesting rather... to me is the yeah. the meet and greet at the end. Yeah, uh, like you're meeting Mickey. That's fantastic. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it it does feel somewhat anticlimactic mm-hmm. because of the experience of walking through the house and the different environments. That then you just go into the studio and it's like. Here's the studio, and the, and the backdrop isn't really that interesting. Yeah. and you know, it's really dark, and yeah. it, it feels very weird. And the theming starts to taper off at that point in time, where the musical instruments are. Right, and you get some lattice work, even I think yeah. back there somewhere. It's 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 funky. But I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Minnie's house and Mickey's house uh, combined into one walkthrough experience ah, that tells cool. t- tells some stories from the short films with really good promotion acting, but practical props because yeah. the practical props in there are amazing. They're great. And they're one of the reasons I love going through that. Is Mickey's just garden is like, it makes me laugh. Every I time. love it with the, with the, the groundhogs coming yep. up and, and down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I get like personal art inspiration from all that 100%. stuff. I love it. Yep. So I don't want to change that, but I want a longer walkthrough experience. that tells a story that has some, you know, something's going on. Yeah. Something, something's going on. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah. Gadgets go coaster. Uh, uh, two times. There's now a big sign that says, "You ride going around stand twice. Stand in line. You ride two times." Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think we can just go custard. Uh, go custard. Uh, get <laughs> just go little cust- shop next door. It's, it's, a, it's where you you pick up your uh, your ice cream after yeah. you're done. Man, it's another great idea. I know. We are on fire tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, Gatch's Go Coaster, I feel like it's, it is, that thing is just in need of a huge retheme, I think. I think because so too. The natural question is, who's Gadget? Oh, well, she was a supporting character from Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Right. I'm sorry, what is that? It's the treehouse that's kind of shut down next door. Yeah. yeah. The, the main character's got a cement uh, treehouse that's mostly shut down. That's right. Uh, then a supporting can, character got a whole roller coaster. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Chippendale's roller coaster, get rid, of, uh, get rid of the boat, get rid of Donald's boat there, incorporate that into the other side of the street and make that roller coaster a little bit bigger retheme that and i think i think two towns got a fighting chance i i agree with you right. how much longer do you want to do this bit how many more items do we have oh like a good mm. 25 oh good well we'll cut kidding. out the ones that aren't funny yeah Frontierland entrance what do you want to see there more baby ducks <laughs> just <laughs> right now just littered with baby ducks yeah, right now it's a real showstopper yeah when there's baby baby chicks. you gotta step over baby ducks people maybe lose their minds in. over those baby ducks they do you know? they love feeding them too yeah. they love the idea that they can so more feed of that. a duck uh, I don't know. I feel like we could do something with that fort, with the entrance fort. We could get some stuff on there so it projection feels alive. Projection mapping? <laughs> I feel like we could do some projection mapping. <laughs> well, why uh, not? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
and then there's a random one that just says the parade route. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, I, I don't know. What oh, do you I've do got some ideas. Uh, it, it goes at major crossings, specifically the one by Matterhorn and Alice or uh, Storyland Canal Boats. Yeah. Uh, the parade goes underground there or it goes up in the air. I was going to say, are you are you advocating for an overpass? Yeah, I'm bringing for an E.T. moment there where the, where the parade <laughs> goes up in the air <laughs> and comes back down yeah. so I can travel freely. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Keep going. Keep going. It's a fun segment. Let's keep going. Tom Sawyer's Island. What do they do? Uh, it's not called Tom Sawyer's Island. So, uh, what is it called? The Pirate's Lair at Tom Pirate's Sawyer's Lair. Island? So, uh, yeah, we, 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 we redo that. Do we get rid of the Pirate's Lair aspect? Yeah. Bring it back to Tom Sawyer's. OG yeah. Tom Sawyer's. OG Tom Sawyer's are like Winnie the Pooh's crazy weekend adventure. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. It's like Pooh and his friends go on an island retreat. It's, it's like grownups, but uh, with Winnie the Pooh. No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't think they should touch Tom Sawyer's. Like, I mean, again, get rid of the Pirate Slayer thing, but just keep Tom Sawyer's like like that. Maybe add some, like, there's uh, experiences on that island, the raising the, the treasure chest that falls yep. back down, the barrel walking. Yep. Uh, so maybe maybe uh, like those More caves, interactive experiences. More interactive. Those caves are real. They're fun, but they're also a real headbanger. Literally. They, yeah, literally. They're, uh, they're, make they're the caves to... more terrifying. How's yeah. that sound? With projection mapping. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like uh, do you feel like a dad, a mom should be able to follow their kid through any Disneyland sort of thing like that? At this feel- point, absolutely. Or, yeah, I, I think yes. I mean, in 1955, no. In 1955, right. listen, have at it, run around Tom Sawyer's all you want. In 2020, you should be able to go with your kid and yeah. have eyes on them at all times. Yeah, that was good. That was a good response because there's a few there's a few twisty staircases in there with our kids where we're like. We'll probably be at the top when you get on the other side. Knock I mean, yourself I think. out. <laughs> Don't pick up anything. <laughs> right. Literally, uh, yeah. you know, viral, <laughs> viral or and or, on the ground. Yeah, Don't touch physical. anything. Yeah, don't touch anything. Yeah. Don't touch anything. Don't lick anything. Just go up the spiral staircase. Yeah. Yeah. Those caves do get a little tight. They do. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's the news. How about we do a quick? We got yes? one, more, one more news item. One oh, more what's news your item. news item? Did you see the news item of the guy that built the Matterhorn in his backyard? Yeah, I saw it. But every it's a news, real roller coaster. Every news, re, every news outlet is reporting that man builds Matterhorn in his backyard. Because it's an actual roller coaster. I know, but I thought about like, do we want to report on this? Do we, we just want did. to talk about this? Look at that, we just did. What'd you think of it? I thought like engineering wise, huge amount of work. Yeah, he's that, an engineer. He's like an architect engineer. Yeah, it's not trivial to make a curved roller coaster like that. So great job. I, thought, I just resent somebody that has that much property in their backyard. Yeah. I'm just going to say and that. And that, that much steel tubing or whatever. So Where like, does he get that? Where do you get all the fiberglass to make the to yeah. make the Matterhorn? It is like a small mountain. Yeah, it looked the mountain looks terrible. If if we're being, it, it looks more like a like a bunker that's taken some shelling from the beach or whatever. But there's a railroad, there's a roller coaster track in there. It's a it two goes, story tube coaster. Yeah, and it goes around and it does sort of some dips and turns, just yeah. like the Matterhorn. So I say, of the stories I've seen of this nature, which are a dime a dozen, yep. this guy actually did build the Matterhorn that's in his true. backyard. That's true. crushed it. Well, now we've reported like, on it. The fact that I don't like the way the mountain looks is not important. It's got a Yeti in it. I didn't see. It's the got Yeti. a Yeti in it. I I. It was reported that it had it. I did not Gerald. see it. No, they actually got Harold. He's just taking yeah. it off. He's also we're fur- not using him. He's you also furloughed from Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll show up here. I guess oh, he's free. It costs six hundred thousand dollars to ship him and set him up to you. But like, we'll give him you to can you. Have him. He's not really doing anything. We right got to get him back. Just yeah. so you're aware. Just so you're aware. It's not a keeper. <laughs> it's not. A keeper. It's on loan. It's a loaner Yeti. That's right. Not loaner like he's alone because a lot of Yetis are, but he's a loaner as in we're loaning it to you as in a pawn shop. Here I am. <laughs> sort of like Eeyore. Do you think Harold has an Eeyore type of complex? Yeah, I think they're I think they're just a little bit more rage filled though. It sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wants to do something about it. Eeyore's given up hope. The Yeti's like, I'm alone. 
<laughs> All right, well, do you, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Is Harold coming out to be friends with you when you yeah. see him? He's like, oh, people! <laughs> I can back this up. There is one scene in the Matterhorn <laughs> where Harold, if you look at it correctly, he appears to be in a hot tub by himself. He's kind of like, rah! That's true. It's fine! <laughs> Come on in. I'm wearing trunks. I promise. Do you think that's the reason why he destroyed those sky buckets? Because he was trying to hug someone? Yeah, he was like, yeah. come on down here. It's fine. Yeah, and, and they, they were like, pulled the whole thing down. Frank Wells' expedition party. Mm. Poor Harold. He just wants to have a friend. Yeah. Right on. Okay, that was the news. It was the end of the news. Should we take a quick Mando moment? Yeah. Mando moment. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Mandalorian season two, episode two. You have not seen it. I have not seen it yet. Okay, so you don't have an opinion on what it looked like. I got an opinion only that I received an anonymous text from my phone that said something to the effect of, uh, you know, it was very encouraging in my point of view. So there are people out there. There are people out there that are with me. Oh, saying that they did not like it? Yeah, that said, like, uh, how could how could the second season actually be worse? And I was like, wow. Wow, that's a bold statement. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. Okay. There are issues that I have with this episode. Overall, I found it very entertaining. I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm watching it tonight. Overall, very entertaining. Okay. Uh, Mandalorian feels it, it, it could it could potentially... Again, it's hard to judge the second season on two episodes. Yeah. So there's a lot of criticism of like, oh, it's this type of show. Like, I don't think you can say it's this type of show okay. right now. It is a transition episode. There are things that I liked about the episode. I will say I did not really enjoy the resolution of the episode. Okay. I have a great uh I have a great description for it. You haven't seen it, mm. so I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay, and then I'll laugh later. And I would say there is uh what I call a Deus X-Wing Machina. Oh, okay. A, a, wow. Event. Nice. Uh and you, when you see it, you'll see what I'm talking that about. That would be a uh, a an X-Wing magically solves the plot for them or contributes to the resolution in an unearned way. Okay. And maybe you come back and you tell me what you think about it. I will, that. I will. Overall, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, I find it to be a very entertaining show for the family. Bantha count? Zero. Oh. Sorry to say. Okay. Zero Bantha Bob count. Bobsled count? Uh, there's probably a bobsled or two hidden in there. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It definitely went from Banthas to bobsleds. Nice. Yeah, so I feel like it's it's tracking very well. We're tracking, that, yeah, it's aspect. doing well. Uh, yes, it's cookie time. Oh, what time is it? It's got storm. Oh, yes, it's cookie time. Oh, what time is it? It's got storm. Oh, yes, it's cookie time. Are there any words to the song? No, there isn't. That's okay. We like the ones you came up with. Thank you for the cookie. <laughs> Speaking of time. Hey. It's cookie time. Is it cookie time? time? Finally, I've had two cookies staring me in the face this whole new segment, and so it's very hard to concentrate. It's finally cookie time. What'd you get for us today? I got us a chocolate chip cookie yeah. and a snickerdoodle. How did we get back up to four four cookies? I made an excuse. Tell I me, said, set this up for me. Our, our listeners who love cookie time, I love cookie do, time. Do we have any listeners that love cookie time? Almost everybody loves cookie Seriously. time. Seriously, are you are you going in just for cookies? Or are you getting this place also serves dinner and other places like this? Yeah, it's, it's not just a it's like not that. a cookatorium, is what I'm trying to say. No, it's 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 a place that happens to have cookies in an unlimited amount. So how are you? How are you? You just walking in? You walk in the back door and you go, "Do you know who I am? I'm here for my cookies." How's this work? I walk in. Mm-hmm. I get my other food okay. at times. Okay. And then I go to the cookie section. And again, there's a big bowl with cookies in it. And I say, I would like four cookies. Sometimes they say, you can only have two cookies, which again, upsets me. 
Yeah. Do you ever say that's not what I heard? And that's just your only rebuttal that you oh, stick with? Oh, I should with? try that next time. Never deviate. That's, oh, that's not, what, not I what I heard. <laughs> Where's that posted? Yeah. No, you can't deviate. You just have to say that's, that's not, not what, what I heard. heard. Every single time they say, well, I'm sorry, that's our policy. And I'm like, well, that's not what I heard. We can only give you two cookies right now. That's not what I heard. <laughs> it will work if you just commit. Wookie and cookie do rhyme. I'm th- That's of course, because it's probably all over Disneyland. Of course it is. What, what food rhymes with Jawas? Eat cookies? Tapas. Jawas tapas. Jawas. This is like a little meal. Like a slant ride. <laughs> So, uh, the Star Tours. Yeah, let's talk about it. I'm excited. You're going to take me through a little Star Wars history. We're going to talk about five things we like about Star Star Tours, five things we don't like, and some things that could be better. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. Should we start it right now? Let's do it. Let's do it. First attraction based on a non-Disney IP. We're going we're gonna, yeah. to out, out of the gate, setting the stage here. Star Tours is the first attraction based on a non-Disney IP. And it uses uh, military flight simulators as its ride system, which was groundbreaking at that time. I heard those things cost a pretty penny. Like, I think $500,000 each. Yeah, like half a million dollars yeah. per simulator. And they had these things. What are you guys going to do with those? I don't oh, know. We're just gonna, we'll figure something out with them. Yeah. And we paid a half a million each. Yeah, all right. We'll probably do, I don't know. Well, you want to make a black hole are simulator they, out of it? Are they good? They're military grade simulators. They're good. A lot of this, a lot of sort of like the lead up to Star Tours can be found in uh, our two episodes about how did Star Wars find its way into Disney parks. Mm-hmm. We did a part one and part yeah, two. Yeah. Yep. We touched on Star Tours uh, sure briefly did. and we said we'd come back to it later and that's what we're doing right now. But uh, just as a quick reminder for over our, the summer. For our we friends. We did that over the summer we and now we're heading into Christmas and we're talking about Star Tours. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. George Lucas uh, attends the opening of Disneyland in 1955. Little Georgie Lucas mm-hmm. pays 50 cents admission. That was the cost of an admission ticket uh, for a child in 1955. So he pays 50 cents in 1955. Disney ends up paying George, little Georgie Lucas $4 billion in Later. 2012 yep. for the rights to Star Wars. Pretty good return on uh, imagination investment. I, I would say so. Yeah, uh, George is a big fan of Disney. He's always seen Star Wars as being like a Disney type of story. And in the 80s, Walt Disney Productions felt the same way. They felt like, oh yeah, Star Wars is very much Disney. So at that point, the then CEO of Disney, Ron Miller who, as we know, is... Astronaut. Correct. Sniper. Correct. (laughs) Uh, Football player. Yep. Married to Diane Disney. Correct. All of those things are truth statements. (laughs) Yep, except for a few. You'll figure figure out out. which one they are. Uh, So Ron Miller puts down a sniper. I like how he's the bobsleds and banthas version of Chuck Norris. Everything about Ron Miller is awesome. So anyways, Ron Miller uh, reaches out to Lucas. Lucas and Disney discuss the idea of working together uh, Lucas gets a tour of WDI Imagineering at that time. They kick around the idea of like doing something together, but nothing really lands substantially. I think they part ways. And uh, and I, I guess at that point, Ron even tries to sell George on a, on a flight simulator attraction. Yeah. Which was originally proposed for a black hole attraction. Uh, George says he doesn't bite. He's not that interested. He goes away. That brings us to 1984, which is when Michael Eisner, former head of Paramount. Yep. 
gets installed as Disney's new CEO. He immediately begins looking at rejuvenating the aging theme park. So yeah. Disney's a little long in the tooth right now. Right. It's still a beloved attract, you know, a beloved uh, destination. Disney World is very successful, but they're having trouble on all fronts: animation, feature film, and the parks are starting to age. Right. This was a period of time where, as you are aware. Like Disney just avoided almost a hostile takeover, yeah, where yep. where the 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 pieces of the Disney company would have been split up and sold it's to other. Funny companies. to read what companies thought they could just buy Disney, the entire company, the entire thing, yeah, and then just like chop it up for parts and sell yeah. it off. So they just narrowly avoided a hostile takeover. The board restructures. They bring in Michael Eisner. They bring in Frank Wells. Eisner's from Paramount. Frank Wells is from Warner Brothers. No, sure. Yeah, from Warner Brothers. By all accounts, a delightful human being. By all accounts. Yeah. And a heck of an adventurer, too. Yeah, yep. Uh, and and so they're brought together as this dream team to sort of save Disney. One of the first things Michael Eisner does is, we got to facelift the Disney parks. We got to rejuvenate it. We got to bring some youthful energy in it. And we, have to recap, and we have to capture the teen and young adult market. Yeah. The story goes that on one of... Eisner's and Wells' first orientation trips, they go to WDI and they sort of see what everybody's been working on. Yeah. At that point, Marty Sklar, who's a legendary Imagineer, handpicked by Walt himself, and he's the head of WDI, he pulls out all the stops and he shows Michael and Frank like everything that they're working on. Michael is super excited yeah. and he basically wants to green light everything. And in this are Splash Mountain, Yep. Like, uh, again, basic idea of Splash Mountain. Water ride, yeah. Water ride. Videopolis is mm -hmm. in this thing. Uh, Screen-based simulator attractions are in this thing. Three, 4D movies are in this thing. So he wants everything. And Frank Wells sort of like pulls the reins on him and goes like, hey, listen, we just got here. We got to we gotta hold this back. Yeah. But Michael uses Breck as like the litmus test on what's cool at Disney. Like, right. what is the cool thing? Michael... Breckenridge Eisner. Breckenridge. I didn't know that was what his full name <laughs> it's was. true. Breck. Better known as Breck Eisner. Yeah. Uh, then 14 years old at 14 the time. 14 years old and sort of like his dad just sort of inherited a theme park. The theme park. Again, it, it is it is the stuff of dreams yeah. to be able to say like, I want to do that one. Yeah. I don't want to do that one. It's a Tom Hanks in Big. Even, yes. Yeah, but on a bigger level. But on a much bigger level. You're yeah. much bigger than just the FAO, FAO Schwarz. Yep. I feel like we should pause to do a Michael or a Breck, a Breck bit. Oh, okay. But I don't know what that Breck bit should be. I don't know either. Breck bit. Breck bit. It's the it's, most important meal of the day. So so Breck, yeah. he, he's saying, Dad... Dad, there's no Star Wars at this place. What the hell? We've already done this already bit. Done this bit. Yeah. You were just That's not saying problem. what the heck is Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, what the heck is Star Wars? Uh, yeah, there are not any military-grade flight simulators at Disneyland. Why do you want a military-grade flight simulator, Breck? Tomorrowland should be called Breckland. <laughs> we'll get right on that. We're going to change Tomorrowland to Breckland. <laughs> now you're talking, Dad. So uh, Eisner hones in on Splash Mountain which takes too long to build, so he needs to spin up some other things. Yeah. He spins up Videopolis, because there's a quick turnaround time, and then there's this whole screen-based simulator attraction 4D experience. And he zero is he and Frank Wells zero in on this, because this is shorter and cheaper to develop than like a full right. attraction. Yep. So Eisner, coming from Paramount recently, has a great relationship with Lucas, 
The Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is it really? Also, it's a little bit of a hard pull because uh, he's very connected to Steven Spielberg uh, for Raiders of the Lost Ark. In for fact, the I, love, man. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me that oh, when no. you say Indiana Jones, you don't think of George Lucas? Yeah. I'm trying to tell you that a little bit. You don't think of Steven Spielberg? Well, of course not. I think of them together. It's me Spielberg too. and me Lucas. Too. You, th- uh, But you think 50-50? You don't think more heavily Steven, that's a 50, Steven 50. Spielberg? Okay. 50-50. Yeah. For me, it's like it's like forty sixty. Even though I know Lucas wrote the original treatments for it, pitched them to Spielberg on a beach somewhere is yeah, what I hear. Beach in Hawaii, yeah. counting the returns from Star Wars. Yeah, and they're in, uh, they're in Jaws, drinking mai tais. Yeah, and they're like, we should do a James Bond. Yeah, and then they're like, the other one, I don't know who who that was. They just said we should do a James Bond. That was their person. Yeah, the other Bre- one says that was Breck. It was pre Breck. <laughs> Breck gets there. Guys, hey guys, I can't drink mai tais. Why do they call it my ties when I can't have one? I want my ties. It should be called your ties. Anyways, yeah, the big follow-up ra- <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Do you think Breck hates us? There's no way even to wear this show. There's no way he's it's aware. It's totally all in fun. I love Bre- I love Breck Eisner for real reasons. There's, su- there's such a big part of me that wants Breck to come on this show. <laughs> me too. I would be very embarrassed. But Splash Mountain, come on. Star Tours, Star come, Tours on. come on. Videopolis, come okay. On. I mean, sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Eisner notes. So Eisner has a good relationship with Lucas because he well, greenlit Raiders of the Lost, Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. at Paramount. Paramount and Raiders did a great job. Are ju- you serious? Michael Eisner greenlit Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yes. I already respected the guy. I mean, I know he's got some problems, but what a, what a guy. He kn- he knows a good thing. He really does, he though. That is true. He, that is true. So he greenlights uh, Raiders. Raiders yep. blows up. He has a Huge. great relationship with Lucas. And so he invites Lucas back over to Disney to start talking to him about doing some sort of follow-up, or not follow-up, but doing some sort of collaboration with Disney and sort of like reignites this fire. Yep. So Lucas and Eisner pick up the conversation where Lucas and Miller left off, and Eisner and Lucas are back at WDI, and the Imagineers are showing concepts for different Star Wars-based attractions. Wow. Which is very interesting because all I ever think about Star Wars based attractions is Star Tours. Yeah. But actually, they had a button. They have a couple different ideas. Lucas's attention is drawn toward a dueling indoor coaster, mm-hmm. and the pitch is that it's a dueling indoor coaster with interactive elements. You will pick whether or not you're on the light side or the dark side track, and then they go against each other, and you meet characters within the classic trilogy. And Lucas is totally like that's what he wants to do. Yeah. I like it. Why wouldn't you, right? Yeah, you call it the the duel of the fates. Duel of the fates. I mean, that's what that's what you would call it in two thousand or nineteen ninety nine, anyways. Uh, but the development time and cost for that type of thing is just way too big, and yeah. Eisner wants something now. So he steers Lucas away from it, and he reintroduces the idea of a, of a screen based attraction. Yeah, Eisner basically says it's quicker. It's cheaper. We'll be able to spin this up, you know, in, in a shorter period of time. Yeah. You'll have your results. And not uh, solid selling points, but okay, I'm, I'm willing to to bite. But th- they're selling him on this idea, yeah. right? On the idea of doing like a Star Wars, like you are in Star Wars. A roller coaster is yeah. only going to get you part of the way there. What if you're actually in Star yeah. Wars? And uh, and and we're going to make a ride that has like an authentic Star Wars feel. So Lucas agrees to start going down this road. And in the in in the meantime, he agrees to collaborate with Disney on being executive producer for Captain EO, and that's sort of where Star Tours gets birthed. Yeah, Tony Baxter, famed Imagineer, patron, living patron saint of this of this show, uh, and hope against hope, we get to interview him someday. He comes on as the director of the Star Wars project. I got a great story. Oh yeah, let me hear a great story. 
He tells the story about being on part of the first team to greet Lucas. And he tells this crazy story about how it's him and Ron Miller and George Lucas eating chicken salad sandwiches on Ron Miller's vineyard in Napa that are being served to them. Silverado. Silverado. I've been there. That are being, I don't serve to them, prepared, assisted by Diane Miller. Yeah. The Walt's daughter of Walt Disney. Yeah. And Baxter talks about it, like how surreal of an experience this is. Yeah. That he's talking to George Lucas about a Star Wars experience while the daughter of Walt Disney is serving them lunch. So they're off to the races with the Star Wars project. And they know that we have they Some have a good si- chicken salad sandwich. Great chicken salad sandwich. Yeah. Some people don't like it so much, but this one launched Star Tour, so I like it. I feel like when your chicken salad sandwich is made by the daughter of Walt Disney, yeah. it's going to be it's a good, good sandwich. Gonna be good. yep. It's going to be a good. She's going to know how to make a really great chicken salad sandwich. Yep. Chicken salad. Or did they get like catered? Or did they get a catered? Like a lot of my money's on catered. Right? Yeah, there's a lot of places in it's Napa. It's a whole farm to fork thing that they got going on Absolutely. there. They probably had it going on back then. You know, of course. It's a sandwich that launched a thousand tours in space. In space. So they got the simulator attraction. They got a great meal. And uh, now they're getting a script written. It's not chicken salad sandwich. It's called Marktik Vaga. <laughs> George Lucas. Yeah, but it's chicken salad, right? <laughs> George Lucas is like, we're, we're not going to do that whole bit, though. Like when we have a restaurant, you guys are just going to call it what it is, right? Like, no, no. No, no. We're we'll make it everything. authentic. The bathrooms are called Lavenskins. Yeah, but I need to know. Yeah, but what's in my sandwich? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's authentic licknug nosh. <laughs> yeah. You don't like it? So Tom Fitzgerald, uh, who is currently the creative executive vice president and senior creative at WDI, yeah. he wrote the script for Star Tours. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and there were a lot of different concepts they had. They had like an underwater tour of Dagobah. Which is okay. such a bizarre idea to me. Like, we're yeah. going to do a Star Wars thing. It's going to be a simulator-based attraction, but we're going to go underwater It's going to be it. underwater. Is that cool it with you? It makes sense, because it's like an aquarium thing. Keep going. Uh, they also had a Fitzgerald idea. Fitzgerald wrote the script. Also a concept for a time travel experience. Okay. Which I am distinctly against. Oh, yes. Very bad idea. Uh, very bad idea. Uh, they also had a Jedi training experience, which we would later see uh-huh. be birthed into the Jedi... Uh, training academy ultimately they they settle on a sequel story that would take place after return of the jedi Mm -hmm. where c-3po and r2d2 are working for the star tours uh like cruise liner yeah they've gotten into travel and leisure after being part of the biggest battle yeah they retire as as war veterans yeah and uh and they 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 get into the travel company rings up their agent is like you guys push buttons Maybe, yeah. Oh, totally. We can push buttons with the best totally of them. Yep. Have you ever hear us, heard us take off a restraining Can a droid bolt? earn money? Can you have like a rich droid? Sure, why not? Yeah, I guess so. What, what are they going to spend it on? They have everything exactly. they need. Yeah. They take no pleasure in material things. That's true. Except for maybe a good oil bath. Yeah, totally. It's going to feel so, so good. <laughs> um, so Star Tours, of course, uh, ends up being an excursion trip to Endor aboard Star Tours, aboard the Star Speeder 3000. Yeah. Um, but the the uh, attraction also advertised trips to Hoth and Tatooine and Bespin. Yeah. Uh, Lucas suggested a droid pilot who would narrate the ride. Good call. Good call. His suggestion was a Jungle Cruise-like skipper mm-hmm. to narrate that ride, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and he had suggested- Fits in with the travel and leisure vibe. I like it. Yeah, like a, but his his suggestion was a uh, like a retired Clone Wars vet. 
like a brash Han Solo, a Han Solo droid. Okay. is basically the way you would think of him describing it. The, Tony Baxter actually is the one who came up with the idea of saying like, that's a great idea, George. How about instead we make him a nervous rookie pilot <laughs> yeah. and he becomes more endearing to people that yeah. way. And so that's where uh, RX-24, also known as Rex. Rex. We love Rex. We love Rex. Not, uh, I like I the little creative thing you did there of like how, you, how, creatives, talk, how creatives talk people out of ideas. <laughs> that's a great idea. That's such a great idea. We're going to do exactly that. Small tweaks. <laughs> Smaller robot, diminutive, uh, you know, nervous. He's still going to be a robot. He is. Like, that's a great idea. He should be a robot. Super brash. Not at all, though. Love it. He's going to be brash, but I think it's going to be more of like an internal brash. Like, he's going to hold on to it a little bit more. It's going to come out in a way that's very nervous. Yeah. Also, I don't hate that George Lucas idea. I think that's not, even no, if, if Rex never saw the light of day and we did get this sort of, uh, you know, something like a swashbuckly river jungle cruise guy, somebody that wore a hat that had one side turned up, you know, that kind of guy, long elephant gun style guy that was like an adventurer in the sort galaxy. Sort of like an aggressive adventurer, maybe yeah. like a devil may, with a devil may care attitude. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like. Only in it for the credits, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like a scruffy looking nerf herder, that kind of guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of guy. I would like be a Han Solo like type. Han Solo. I would have been into it. I would have been into it. I think it's not a bad idea. Keep no, it's going. it's not a bad idea. Uh, but they settle on Rex, mm-hmm. and uh, and they get Paul Rubens to do the voice, Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Who does a phenomenal job, right? Uh, as Pee Wee Herman? Yeah, he's good. And also as Rex. It's hard, it's hard to know where one starts and the other ends. That's true. Yeah. What do you think about his uh, performance as Rex? Um, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, you've been to Galaxy's Edge. I have. Where Rex is retired. Yes. In, in his retirement job. Yep, as a DJ. That's right. How, how is he at uh, Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, I mean, this gets into some of our personal feelings in Star Tours, which we're going to get to. But uh, In three I, hours. I, yeah, in three hours. But uh, I love I love Rex. I wish he was still in Star Tours. I don't like the the change. Yeah. I love Rex, and he does a great job as a DJ. Agreed. It's oh, such a, a neat... As a, as a DJ, it's such, such a neat... Uh, because running a starship, the Starship Speeder 3000, and like mixing stuff in a cantina, not that different of a job. It's still yeah, a lot it's of pushing button. buttons. It's a lot of bu- button pushing, pushing and making yeah. some mistakes. So I love that. I think that was a great, great yeah. transition for I, him. I, I agree. I, I love the repurposing yeah. of that, that of that droid. I yeah. think it's just great. It's great. Uh, Anthony Daniels reprises his role as C-3PO, which is like one of like 10 million times that he does that basically. Yeah. Uh, they actually apparently use the actual film props of C three PO. That's what I heard. I've heard that. That's hard to believe, but I've heard that. How hard is it for you to believe? Just that those were stored somewhere. They were given to that type of thing. They wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't cast them in something that was you know long term tourism. Like I don't. Know, and I feel yeah, like. Don't I, you think they make a bunch of those? I mean, like, there's lots of I don't, those suits. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They're time consuming to make and expensive to make. You only need to shoot them and get rid of them. And so I just don't know if I believe it or not, but I'm, I'm willing to suspend disbelief. So you are a, you are a denier. I'm a denier of the the C-3PO that, that was actually in the movie, Yeah, but maybe I like that. You still hold out hope. I do. Yeah. It's like the last of my hope, but I have it. There's always hope. Isn't that the line? There's always hope. ILM has the job. Industrial light and magic has the job of creating the ride film. And uh, the thing I think is cool is like Star Wars is back in production at ILM at this point. Yeah. Everybody thought it was going to be done. Yep. Right? Because at this point, it's like 1985, 86. Yeah. And they're back, uh, you know, creating practical effects uh, and uh, and real sets to film the ride film of Star Tours. Oh, amazing. That must so cool. That must feel. Because at this point in time, they don't know no, they don't know prequels are coming. They don't know yeah. 7, 8, 9 are coming. They just know Star Wars is huge. And you'll never get a chance to work on it, and except now for na- now. Now you get a chance yeah. to work on it. Something like it. 
ride film is 4.5 minutes. Here's the interesting thing. It's all one take, or at least it has to look like one take. Yeah. Which is a huge effort for ILM. I mean, right. yeah. They're, the jump to light speed stuff gives you a break, right? There are a couple of cheats, yeah. uh, a couple of explosions which create cheats. But for the most part, like the challenge for ILM is that this entire experience, this entire Star Wars story has to take place from one point of view. Right. And it has to take seamlessly. For it's the, not a movie. It's really happening. It's really happening. Yeah. So there are no cutaways. And so it's all got to be from one point of view, and it's got to be consistent through the whole thing. So yeah. hyperspace is your cheat, and the uh, there's blaster fire that I think is a cheat, and then there's also an explosion in the comets that I think is a cheat. But overall, yeah, overall the effort of being able to do this like one long tracking shot is pretty cool. Again, during this time when you're talking all practical effects, yeah, a four minute, four and a half minute shot, all practical effects, totally fun. So once the film was completed, it gets brought into the simulators for the Imagineers to program the movements. This actually turns out to be a really good thing yeah. because the simulators only have so much movement in yeah, it. Yeah, they're 40 but, simulators. What is that? It's up, down, back, right, and rolls. Yeah, and I think like you can go up maybe 45 degrees, maybe yeah. probably even less than that, honestly. Yeah. Probably like you're in the in the 30 degrees. Yeah. You can go down 30 degrees, that sort of thing. But because of the way the the film is shot, it gives you the sensation of greater speed uh, or yeah, greater acceleration, speed acceleration stuff like that. G-forces and that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, and, uh, of course in this, uh, in this, this ride video, uh, it ends with you going on a trench run and yeah. blowing up a death star, yep. which we've touched on before. Creates you touched a, on, you blew my mind last time we talked right. about this. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it is a, anachronistic. Yeah. It is anachronistic, I would say. Okay. Because of course, if this takes place after Return of the Jedi, they blew up the second death star. Yeah. Why is there another death star? Yeah. Why is there another death star that's that close to Endor? They like built a practice Death Star for where they did a lot of training. It yeah. was like you can't go on the real Death Star yet. Isn't it the big show? Do this- you think that 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 one that was in Return of the Jedi, they were like, Oh yeah, well this is we're building this one. This one is completed over here. Yeah, we got this other one. We just do training on that though. Like on the inside of it, there's not a lot. It's mostly just scaffolding. It's just scaffolding. Stuff, but we do uh quick serve. We have quick serve restaurants. The gym That's is right. still the there. The gym's still there. Uh, and then childcare. Childcare joke. Because it's terrible. Because the Death Star had to have childcare. The nursery's over there. Yeah, the nursery's over there. That's basically what's going on there. And yeah. then Star Trek. Rex just, you just blew it up. Is it not yeah, but is it not appropriate for the brand of Rex that he actually blows up like the practice Death Star? I think we, it's very on brand. Yeah, he just we, messes everything up as it is. Yeah, we 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 built this one just to see if we could build it. There's nothing on the inside. It's mostly balsa wood. It's yeah, exactly. It's a lot of super glue and balsa wood. And Rex is like, woohoo! I've always wanted to do this. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, I feel like you know us as Star Wars nerds, we may get our our uh, tied up in knots about the fact of like how does this work out in the timeline. Yeah. But interestingly enough, as I was doing my research, Disney and Lucas also recognized like, oh, well, wait weird. a second, like there there is a Death Star. We just blew up the Death Star. Yeah. Basically, both of them just said, yeah, but everybody wants to go on a trench uh, like a Death Star trench run. I like my explanation better. Practice Death Star. Practice Death Star. Yeah. How big do you think this should be? I don't know. We'll go build one that's hollow on the inside, and we'll see if we like it. Build at the same dimensions as the real one. Yeah. Just don't put anything inside yeah, of it. It's completely hollow. It's like a pinata. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a like gigantic a galactic bunny. pinata. Yeah. Maybe it was full of candy. It could have been, or just like space confetti. That's pretty much Star Tours. Yay, right on. I have a, a couple did you knows. Oh, okay. You're not going to tell me like five things you love about it, five things you hate about it? I've talked a lot on this episode, so why don't you take why don't you take the wheel? Your attention, please. All 
interplanetary travelers must have a current passport and the necessary visas prior to leaving the spaceport. Passengers requiring assistance should visit the nearest information kiosk. Let's go into that. I'm going to tell you some. I love Star Tours. First, you you obviously like it. It's love you, Star Tours. Okay. Uh, there's parts. There's problems I have with it. What? I know. I'll, I'll get to that. I'm going to tell you some stuff I love about it. And you're going to you're going to counter with something you love about it. Great. I, I love it. the boarding announcements when you go into the line and they go. I love that sound. I love it. I love uh, the boarding announcements that they do. Uh, I believe there's a, some some Easter eggs. I believe this yes. entire ride is just chock full it's of Easter. Just one eggs. Easter egg after another. Yeah, there is tons of stuff in there. I like that. Here's one of the things I love about uh, Star Tours. Yep. When you wait in line to go on and, and then you get in the pre-boarding area where yep. they assign you your gate. This is such a, a neat thing. When the door opens, you walk across a catwalk. Yes. You don't walk right into the ride. No. So they just really like sell you this. Like, like you are boarding this ship. This is the ship you're boarding. You and can just, look down and see the ship on either side. If you're checking your bag, you could miss it. But it's such a small amount of time yes. that you get to do that. But I intentionally like try to pause there and just be like... This is amazing that they that they did this to just sell the effect so much. It's such a good effect that it is unfortunate when Ops opens up the doors to board while the other group is leaving. It's one of the, that's one of my things I don't like uh, about it yeah. is that uh, I, I I was trying to figure out like what is the cost? That's a time and loading yeah, time issue. Yep. But it it does it does feel like if you could just get those people out of there and get the door shut so that you're always leaving an empty speeder and always coming yep. into an empty speeder, uh, that would be amazing. I, 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 I remember it, as a kid, I remember the first time I went on it that that was not that effect. That it yeah. was an empty speeder. Yeah. And I remember just like being so having that feeling of how realistic this was that that illusion really does get broken when you see people leaving yeah. the ride. Of course, now with COVID, it will always be a new speeder. All the speeders That's are right. disposable. They just they get rid of them and you get a new one exactly. every exactly. single time. <laughs> you just you look at the other end of, uh, of Tomorrowland and there's just a, a pile of <laughs> used speeders. <laughs> speeders. They're going through a car wash and then yeah. they bring, they bring them it's on It's like in. when you're at the grocery store and you just and you take their basket and you put the basket in the, yep, in the used exactly basket. Like that. It's going to be a used speeder. Star speeder 3000s. Yep. Uh, I like the spy aspect uh, when they introduce oh, that the you could be the... Yeah, the new one when you can yeah. be the rebel spy. I think that's neat to give you something to do in life. Yeah. I have tried forever to get it. I've read stuff online about taking your hat off, about looking at the camera, being in the first five rows. Uh, I've never been chosen. You have somebody in your family that was chosen. Uh, my son was chosen. Uh, the f- my son, my son was chosen the first time he wrote it. Wow. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I didn't know how it worked. It was, it was the first time I had experienced uh, the adventure continues, Star Tours two, and so he was chosen. And uh, and the great thing was that after he wrote it, he went to go meet Darth Vader. Oh yeah, and Darth Vader talked to him about how he was a rebel spy. No way. Yes, and That's so fantastic. it blew his like the magic of that blew his mind that Vader knew that he was the spy on Star Tours. That is so amazing. cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, last thing I'll share that I love is I love the uh, G2 repair droids that you run into. I love that. Uh, they got one that scans baggage. They got a couple down below that are working stuff. But the one, yep. the most notable one is in the second second queue room uh, at the top of the the ramp that goes up there. And he's scanning stuff, interacts with the crowd. Yep. I have wondered since that droid was there if there's somebody looking through his eyes that's really interacting with the crowd or oh, if it really is just a loop. I believe it is just a loop. Uh, I don't think there's anybody actually looking through that. And it's voiced by uh, Patrick Warbuttons. Patrick, uh, Warburton, yeah. Warburton, yeah, Patrick yeah. Warburton, who does the, uh, who's, does the soar, who's did the soaring pre-recording right. and was on Putty on Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, I think before, before uh, 
uh, Patrick Warburton did it. I believe it was also recorded by Tom Fitzgerald. Like I think he oh, was, really? yeah, oh, I think he fantastic. was the original voice of that of that uh, G two droid. They're called goose droids. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, because they, I, some of them were reclaimed from Splash Mountain Goose or American Sing American Gooses, Sings, uh, yeah. Gooses, animatronic Gooses, Geeses, yeah. animatronic Geeses uh, is what they are. They're the the animatronics for those. So they're called right. goose droids. So I like all the G two droids or goose droids. That's right. Here's some things I don't like about it. Unless you want to. Unless you want to share more things. The things like. I love about it. Let me tell you something else that I love about it. Please. Uh, I love when you were in the boarding area, when you're in the main queue and you see the star speeder and everything like that. There's so much to look at. Yeah. You could easily miss the Mon Calamari that yeah. are up in the control tower. It's one of those things where it's like it didn't need to be made. They didn't need to make yeah. audio animatronic Moncals up there. Yeah. They could have just had a blank space or they could have had just a light effect or whatever. But it's that extra piece of theming that really makes the thing feel e- that much more authentic. Yeah. That much more like you are in the Star Wars galaxy. Things I don't love about Star Tours, unfortunately, most of these are related to the ride because the, the actual attraction part of it is difficult yeah. for me. Um, the movement, I remember riding it and thinking, especially the acceleration effects are very believable. Like you really yeah, feel like you're, like you're accelerating. The movement in general over time as I age, uh, you know, I've gotten to a point where sometimes I just close my eyes and I'm like, I am here for my kids. I was going to say, you, you're breathing through your nose a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think breaths. you want, I think they tell you to sit in the third row in the middle is like the least amount of motion. Oh, because yeah, you're in the center. The of center, the, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pivoting around that center to yeah. some degree. Um, so I don't love the movement. The screen hit to me has always felt incredibly small. It's just always oh. felt like a very small screen. And I wish there were other viewports or things that uh, that sold the effect a little bit more. It's just a very forward, narrow experience. Would you have liked like a? What, are you saying like a side window that you could look out? Yeah, and see side what's window happening? or that front glass word. Not the technology, not possible at the time. But if it were bubbled or bent in some degree yeah. or if it was more like an x-wing where there were panels that yeah that where you could see more well, let me ask you this question yeah. so because you have been on smugglers run the yeah. Man, uh mandalorian the uh millennium falcon ride yeah. does that feel like the natural thing that star Wars tour should have been yeah it's it's much more immersive yeah you okay. can kind of look everywhere it's hard to not feel that you're really in that cockpit yeah. it's, okay. it's very good i will tell you one thing that i do love about it in and, and one of the things i th- think is one of the greatest things disney's done on attraction might be overselling a little bit, no, but is, is the hyper, uh, is hyperbolic the, is the is the screen drop when you're in love there? Love that screen drop. It's amazing. It's such a weird thing to do, and it's amazing. I love. It's just one of those things. You walk into the 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 speeder, and everybody gets buckled, and the doors close, and you're basically just in a steel box coffin. Yeah, you're like, in a space coffin. You're in a space coffin, and then they drop the blast shield, and it just opens. It opens the space. It's such a cool effect. It is such a cool effect. The other weird thing that I've always noticed about that ride is that if you've ever been on a plane which most of our listeners had there's something weird about the air in an airplane the sure. way it circulates yep. the way it feels it feels different and they somehow re- recreated that a little bit yes where you get that very like i'm not sure if my ears are plugged or not plugged yep. <laughs> it's yep. just a weird thing yeah uh but i love when that that blast or that shield drops and you see rex it's there such a great like, reveal it is such a great reveal uh so i don't like the movement i don't like the screen um i'm a little confused as to what your opinions are. I'd like your opinions on uh, when C-3PO becomes the pilot. Yeah, so in the redo, uh, yeah, now Star Tours, as we just described, it, it operates until 2010, and then it goes down and becomes Star Star Tours The Adventure Continues. Yeah. Where they sort of, they, they deliver on the promise that they originally had, which is we're going to swap out videos, right? right? Originally, Endor was just supposed to be like one of many different ride videos. Yeah. But again, the production produ- the production costs and time didn't allow that. So then the adventure continues comes and they have this sort of randomized 
uh, excursion, right? You go to different planets and that sort of thing. Right. C-3PO as the pilot replacing Rex, like, I feel that's a huge loss. One, because it, it doesn't feel, C-3PO is not a pilot. Yeah. Ever. Ever. I mean, he's not an astromech droid, so it doesn't hates make- space travel. He hates space travel. Yeah. Oh, how he hates space travel. Yeah. He even tells us. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't feel normal. Now, I re- remind me, it is an accident that he's the pilot, right? He's I there, so. supposed to be doing maintenance, and then he accidentally becomes the pilot. Yeah, not a maintenance droid either. Not a maintenance droid, protocol droid. Is he still in the queue of the adventure continues? Like, I feel I should know this, but how does he get yes. from how does he get from the queue to being a pilot? I think so he is going in again. I think he's going into. I think the conceit is that he's in the star speeder to get something or to run diagnostic programming or yeah. something okay. like that. I buy it, and then. It goes haywire, right? Because Darth Vader or Kylo Ren or whoever attacks a star speeder, and then he reluctantly has to get everybody out of there. The thing I like about Star Wars is you always run into characters, yep. new characters. It makes the universe feel huge. Yep. It makes the universe feel steeped with lore, legend, history. Uh, and so when you start running into the same characters, I, I get the idea that that makes things feel familiar. It allows people to connect and have a gee whiz moment. But some of the genius of Star Wars and George Lucas's Star Wars was that it was so big. It yeah. felt so big. And so when you run into Rex, you're like, well, of course, there's probably some company that manufactures these these pilot droids or whatever, right. and this is just one of them. There's just a bigger world. I wonder what company makes those. People actually know what company yep. makes those. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. Uh, and so when you, I think it makes it feel smaller when you do all these little cheesy cameos. I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think that, Star Tours wasn't lacking anything by not yeah. having C-3PO as the main star. Totally. Fact, I think they lost something by losing Rex. because I know that like, droid. He's yeah. the gold yeah. one. He's the gold one. Rex is such an entertaining character and in the original ride vehicle, R2-D2 is in your yeah. star speeder. So you do have a familiar character that's with you. Yep. He's just not front and center. So I don't know I, I don't know why they decided to get rid of Rex. I'd be really curious to know, like, what was the thought process there? Is it just because we need to have more recognizable IP characters in our recognizable yeah, re- Star Wars refreshes, ride? Refreshes that awareness yeah. of that character and stuff. I don't know. I don't love C-3PO as... as I like exactly where he is in the queue. That's where he should be. Talking to you. Yeah. That's Yelling what he does. at R2. Yeah, that's what he Same. does. He's annoying. That's his role. That's, that's, his, that's his shtick. Um, you know, what? it sounds like maybe we will talk to an Imagineer at some point in the future, which I hope uh, I can ask him about whether or not the Star Tours mural covered up the Mary Blair mural mm-hmm. and what's underneath that. That's been one of those opening day temperature things that I've always had a question yeah. about is what is under the Star Tours mural that's on the outside yep. Yep. of that building. Uh, and then the only other thing I don't really, well, two more things I don't love about it really quickly is there's a over, there's not even, it's not even overflow at this point. There's an outside queue area that's uh, across from the fast pass from Buzz Light where you kind of go into yeah, this yeah. little just very generic room. And there's just zero theming in there. It's themed actually to a space bowling, space bowling carpet, I think is its theme. There's an, there's another queue inside or outside of the main queue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's indoors. It's, but it's just a box that you walk into. It's an indoor box. I've never experienced that side of the building and it's just not themed at all, except for, I believe it's if, if you were going to put an arcade in a bowl, a space themed bowling alley, maybe this would be is the it a room. Star Wars bowling alley. Yeah. Maybe That'd this would, awesome. maybe this would be the room you would do it in. What do you and, call your Star Wars bowling alley? Um, Obi one baloney. Bo- Obi one <laughs> Kab- of our meat Obi- company. Excuse me. Obi one Kaboli could probably work. It could I, work. I like it. Yeah. It's good enough. Uh, it's a seasonal thing. Yeah, it's only it it's is. only open during Christmas and Hanukkah and Hanukkah. Uh, and I just don't love. I don't love any experience where people hand me 3D glasses. I'm sorry. Uh, there's a few. Oh of us yeah. Out so there. you don't like the fact that it turned into a 3D ride? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. 
love 3D movies over non-3D movies. Yeah. Um, I find that I get real fidgety with the glasses. I'm like, how do these things work? Do they still work if I wear them upside? Oh, the ride's going? I got them all like upside down. And you're like looking through the tops yeah, and like, oh, how is that? Yeah, I get so distracted yeah. and fidgety with the tech of it that, yeah, I'm like trying to, can I punch these out with my thumb? Yeah. Like, would these look cool just as normal glasses? I wonder if at some point they'll update that to a glasses less 3D screen because that exists. Yeah, it feels like with that narrow field of view right. as well, like you should be able to accomplish that, that 3D without glasses yeah. thing. But I don't love 3D glasses in the movie and I don't love it on my rides. I don't have a problem with any of the things that you've outlined. I mean, I, I love the ride. I love the ride in its original form. Yeah. Um, I do really enjoy the fact that they updated it. I don't like C-3PO. I love that they updated it to like, what what places did you go to? I think they handle the places really well. Uh-huh. I love the fact that they uh, have updated it with new locations for the movies as they've been released. Yeah. I think that's really exciting. I think it's very cool. Uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't get away from the core thing that I love about that ride, which is the onboarding experience and the exit experience. Right. Like, Those things are just stellar. It's so amazing. I mean, I remember being a kid and going to Disneyland and riding Star Tours for the first time, being blown away by the queue, again, being amazed by everything I was seeing, believing that I was – like it felt as close to being in the Star Wars universe as you could possibly be, getting on the ride, having an incredibly fun experience. Again, the Death Star blows up. Like in my adult brain, I go, that doesn't make any sense. But then like I quickly reconcile that by saying, yeah, but that's the best ending to a Star Wars ride you could ever yeah. have, right? Yep, it's the big payoff. It's the big payoff. And then you get out and the and the John Williams score starts at the, uh, you know, it, it you get the fanfare at the very end yep. that sends you off as you leave and then I remember walking down that gangplank. It's got the travel posters, the travel visit, posters. visit Besbin and all that stuff. And all of those travel posters were very similar to the look of actual travel posters at that time. Like yeah. I remember going to the airport and taking a look at Chicago and St. Louis and yeah. New York and that type of thing. And it was all that type of travel poster, but Bespin and Tatooine and uh, and Hoth and Dagobah. And then I remember the gangplank down at the bottom, seeing that gigantic Darth Vader that was behind, uh, yeah. uh, you know, behind the, the, not the screen, but behind like the, I don't know, what do you call it? COVID glass. Sort of like a cage. Yeah. Sort of like an imperial cage. Yeah. Just all of that, just hitting, again, hitting me, 12-year-old Scott, absolutely blown away. Yeah, it is. It is. Some Disneyland attractions are about writing the attraction. Yeah. Maybe uh, Space Mountain fits into that, that I'm really about this experience. Uh, Star Tours was about living in that universe. Yes. It's the closest you could come to live in that universe. Yep. It almost didn't matter how you felt about the movement part of the attraction you're going to live once you step through those doors at the where you know where the initial queue line is you're going to live in star wars now so like oh it's like a 60 minute wait you're like i don't care like i'm going to be living in star Star wars Wars for 60 60 minutes minutes? totally let me ask you this my last question when you turn in 3d glasses somewhere specifically started do you feel like you should get like a bigger thank you from the from the from the staff for not stealing 3d glasses (laughs) <laughs> I just stash them in my bag. That's what I feel. I feel like I want to be like congratulate. Like, hey, good job. Thank you. Hey, well, thank you so thank much for you. returning the thing. Yeah, I know, I, thank you. So I feel much. like they're sort of like, mm-hmm, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, wait, I need a little more praise for Do my you turning. Want, in. Why? Because you were responsible. Because you were responsible. Because I was I responsible. Because I thought about taking them. I, yeah. I didn't forget. I, I remembered that this is where they go. I really want to. I wonder if there's anybody else listening that does that. Like, I want somebody. You to just give me need a more, more affirmation. I need more affirmation of when I turn in 3D glasses. Would you like a hug? Like when you turn in 3D glasses, they give you a big hug. I would like some kind of hand signal, like a right on, right on. Yeah, way to go, Thank man. Thank you. A lot of people don't do that. You ever met Scott Storm? He just he's got he a bunch just takes of them. him. He's got 
500 pairs of 3D yeah. glasses. Yeah. So that's Star Tours. Yay, Star Tours. Uh, Pretty good logo, too, I'll just say. I everything like about okay. Star Tours is great. Except for you guys got like an ad-at in front of yours, in front of the one oh in Florida. My gosh. And we have nothing. The, we got a marquee. You guys have a marquee? We got a marquee. Oh, we so have a marquee. So it's it's hidden behind the ad-at and the Ewok <laughs> Village. Yeah, that's pretty And great. the down snow speeder. Um, there's a down snow speeder there too. You've, you've ridden both. I have. So just give me, just give me, cause I'm, you know, cause we're both Star Wars nerds. Yeah. Give me 30 seconds on the difference of walking into the Star Tours, Walt Disney World and, uh, and the one in, in Disneyland. Uh, I would say that I actually prefer Disneyland. Wow. Okay. Like, why? I, the, the out, I mean, obviously the facade of Disney World is grand yeah. and, and exciting. Um, but it does this thing where, of course, the MGM Studios, when it was built, was supposed to be this working studio. So uh, when you walk past the facade, it's meant to be a facade. It's not supposed to gotcha. be an ad-ad. Oh, it's gotcha. supposed to be the facade of an ad-ad. So when you walk past it, you can actually like movie look studio-y. Behind. Yeah, movie studio-y. Oh, so, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so you walk past it, and as you're entering into the as you're entering into the show building, you can look and see like the rebar and the scaffolding and everything gotcha. that makes up that ad-ad. So this was, if we were going to film an ad-ad, this is the this one we This is what it would look like, right. Of, okay, got and it. And so the show building itself is not hidden. It's an obvious show building. It's meant to look like a soundstage. So they gotcha. have like a, a big uh, poster of Star That's Tours out there. Interesting. Okay. But then the weird thing is like for at night, the Ewok village, like the torches light on and you hear Ewoks in the village. So right. it, it's, it, it's sort of like both. Yeah. So the, I feel like the Disneyland experience is just cleaner it is, as yeah. a whole. And, and you're immediately in the Star Tours experience. Like, I think maybe because you're in Tomorrowland, so you're already in feeling that sort of sci-fi vibe as it is. Yeah. Whereas at MGM Studios, it's just an attraction. Like, it's just like, oh, you want to go on Star Tours? It's behind the Indiana Jones stunt experience. Yeah, the Disneyland ones, is it's hidden behind the old uh, people mover track. Right. It's, 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 as soon as you step through, there's sort of sliding glass doors. There's two of them at right. a right angle. Yep. As soon as you step into that, you are out of Tomorrowland and into Star you Wars. You are into Star... Yeah, it, it doesn't... It. It's similar, but... Disneyland does it better. Interesting. Hands down. All right. Hands down. Thanks for listening. Thanks uh, for talking. I did, uh, oh. sp- since we're speaking of MGM Studios. <laughs> another lightsaber? I did get you another light. I got you an ad-ad. Oh, Here it comes. good. Um, I Rebel may, armor. I may or may not have, at one point, had a full Star Tours uh, cast costume. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like, it was a full... Yeah. At that point, it was an orange jumpsuit, sort of like the X-Wing flight suit. Oh, right. I don't remember those. I remember they had jackets for a little while or something, but... Uh... Yeah, I can't remember what the... They, they were different at Florida. So, in Florida, it was like a... Again, it was like a it was like an orange flight suit, but divided up into a jacket and pants. Right on. Yeah. You just wore that to work sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. I just hung out in it. Your treat consulting it like it was, job? Treat it like it was a sweatsuit. Yeah, uh, go go for a run. Maybe get a schwitz. <laughs> you ever seen that guy that lives across the street from us? The guy with the really good hair. Yeah. Hey, why does he run in that weird <laughs> orange jumpsuit? Is he like a felon? What's going on there? I think it's a space thing. I think it's a Star Wars thing. That or he maybe he escaped prison. I don't know. He's so weird. Do they let you keep your jumpsuit when you leave prison? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. His hair's too good for a prison, like a prison person. Like it wouldn't look like that. It's just weird. He's always exercising and he's always wearing that thing. Listen, Occasionally I, he makes boo boo sounds. He's like, pew, pew. It's, I don't, it's odd. He's an odd neighbor. I don't want to brag on myself. Okay. But my hair looks great today. It did. I was going to say, I was going to say that. It great today. I will, if we're going to be completely honest, yeah. which we always should be on the show, yes, you're getting do. towards terminal length. Though, it absolutely is. Where you're going to have to do something. I was supposed something. to have a haircut today. Oh, really? I had to cancel it. 
Because why? I just had uh, conflict, scheduling conflict. With your hair? No, no, my, my hair didn't have a scheduling conflict. I had a scheduling <laughs> conflict. What does Scott Storm's hair have to do that's so important that it can't get itself cut? What, did it have a big meeting? It had a big meeting. <laughs> that's funny. I'm sure you're one. Listen, I want to set the stage. I did not call this meeting. My hair called this meeting. <laughs> Please, somebody create an Instagram account for Scott Storm's hair and a Google calendar while you're at it. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we love making the show. We hope you love listening to it. This has been Bob Says and Banthos, and uh, we release every week on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, wherever you listen to podcasts. Rain or shine, whether I'm in the car driving down to Santa Cruz or not. No matter how difficult of a week it's been emotionally, yep. physically, uh, spiritually, we, environmentally. Fun, and we need it. Yeah, it's fun. We love making the show. We love making the show. We hope you love listening to it. Please be sure to subscribe. We would love it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we want to take a, f- a moment to thank one of our listeners. Yay! We're going to thank Soccer Mouse. Soccer Mouse, who left us a review, a very nice five-star review oh, okay. on Apple Podcasts. He or she, not sure which, says, I listen to a lot of Disney podcasts. This has become my favorite. Oh, yeah. It is smart. It is mm-hmm. funny. It has great guests. Oh. It is two guys that seem like the guys next door, but better. Oh, nice. So nice. These guys have even been known to activate the feels when talking about family. Family is most important to me, and they seem like part of the family. Oh, Five yay. stars. Thanks, Soccer Thank Mouse. You, Soccer Mouse. That was very tender. That was. We've gotten some wonderful... We have great listeners. We really do. Like, our listeners are wonderful. The way they interact with us over Instagram, the, the reviews that they've left for us, they're just so kind. Yeah. And again, I am blown away week after week that we have such great, that we have listeners at all and that they are such great listeners. Yeah. I was thinking about this when I, uh, over this last weekend of, of, you know, whatever age you are, like Disneyland is ageless. It is, is for, you know, the young at heart and stuff. And so it feels the same thing. Like, I don't care what age you are listening to this as long as you're enjoying it. And yeah. getting, but I do, there is, oh, there will always be that little special place in, in, inside my heart for the, for the eighties kid, the kid yeah. that grew up in the eighties. That's now a parent that's now, you know, approaching mid forties, late forties. And, uh, you know, just, it's fun to reminisce about what it was like growing up in the eighties, arguably the best decade that you could have ever grown up in. I've convinced my kids that the eighties is the best time to Fantastic. have grown up. So when we get a review on that, I get, I get jazz when somebody says like, Oh, I'm a gen X or two or something yeah. like that. Like I love listeners of all ages, but that's, that's special. I do feel like we're like the guys next door. Yeah. Are like, our- like different houses. You're on the left and I'm on the right or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. I don't yeah. know. Um, maybe you just come around and visit a lot. Yeah. You know? Um, I do remember that when we first started out this podcast, we said, like, what do we want here? What's our mission statement? And I think our mission statement was like, we just want to be two guys that you would want to go to Disneyland with. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, you get your own hotel room. I don't know. Oh, yeah. We're not travel room. No. <laughs> I don't want to travel with anybody. Hey, uh, visit us at bobsandbanthas.com. You can email us, podcast at bobsandbanthas.com. If you want to, uh, you have a question you want to submit or a discussion yeah. topic that you want us to discuss, we would love to hear from you. Patreon.com forward slash bobsandbanthas if you want to support us. T Public, if you want to wear us and join the other Bantha tiers over on Instagram, we're at bobsandbanthas. I'm at Aaron Robbins. You should follow me on Instagram. You should follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Some good stuff over on at Aaron Robbins. I guess so. I love it. I don't know. I've started taking more pictures because I feel like it's a good way to catalog what's happening in your life. Looks good. Yeah. Looks good. Right I on, basically man. just repost stuff from bobsleds. Oh, okay. You cool. can follow me, but you don't need to. Yeah, every once in a while, you have a wing dinger on there. Is that something you can say? I think you can say that. Okay, good. Wing dinger. Yeah. Now I've said it. Nice. 
Until next week, he's been Aaron, <laughs> Mr. Rattlepants. Mr. Rattlepants. That's going to become a thing, Mr. Rattlepants. The air conditioning went on one time during my outro, and now I'm Mr. Rattlepants. Make a shirt for me. I'm Mr. Rattlepants. Ding dong ding. I like to walk, but I cling to sing. And I've been Scott Wingdinger. And we've been Bob's and Samantha's. He's Mr. Rattlepants. Ring ding ding. He likes to rattle and he likes to sing. He's not too brazen, buddy, man. He's not too shy. Yes! There it we is. We did it! We- Synthomagnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done.